Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. I'm Franny Benali. This is Klaus Lundekvam. I'm Matt Letizia. Dean Hammond's here. And you're listening to In That Number. Here is Letizia. with me, Kevin, the Moscow Mush Milverton, and Ray Hunt. Find me on Twitter, at Moscow Mush, and my co-host, Ray Hunt, at Ray Hunt 84 Follow the show, at Number Podcasts on Twitter, in that Number Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. If you've got any questions for the show, if you can be bothered, send us an email to inthatnumberpodcast at gmail.com. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes, or wherever it is you get your podcasts. Share, subscribe, and give us good vibes. Let's go. Welcome to another episode of In That Number, episode 117. What are we going with, Kev? We're going with Brum and Thurman. It fits, yes. Uh, today, me and Kevin will discuss the horror show from Monday night and try to understand what is happening to this side right now. And then we look ahead to our match at Wembley and prepare for Leicester in that oh-so-crucial semi-final. Uh, we will welcome Tim Bazance for that one. But first... My gleeful co-host, the Moscow Mush, Kevin Milverton. Say hello, Kevin. Hello, Ray. How are you feeling? I'm oozing with positivity, Ray, as always. Good, good. I mean, well, you've had a few days now to assess what the fuck that was on Monday night, so... Still none the wiser. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's been a tough week, being jam-packed with that. Even taking into account two-hour time difference, you know, like right on the minute I finished, the game started. 
And uh, football's supposed to be entertainment, isn't it? Well, it was for one team. <laughs> yes, uh, that's the thing. Maybe I have to start re-watching things as fans of the opposition. But yeah, you're, you're keeping yourself busy this week with work and stuff, so it's, it's all good. Um, but we're, we're coming out of lockdown. Uh, Get a haircut soon. in the guard, pub garden or something, can't you? Yeah, yeah, haircuts pubs all opening up so what else can you do you, you can go to non-essential shops nowadays yeah, all shops are open up um but you still have to wear masks and stuff like that but um oh, you sure. can see uh up to six people in your garden now um and mixed with two households right. so hey after yeah. orgies <laughs> getting there getting there um shall shall we hit some itn news please This is ITN in that number news. OK, ITN news. Uh, first on the agenda, then, Kevin, I want to discuss Yannick Vestergaard uh, because Spurs have. Well, they've, they've been saying they've been interested in a while, but this week it just seems to have uh, heated up a little bit. But um, gun to your head, Kev, does he stay or go? Oh, God, I mean, do, do I get to choose? No, if I'm choosing, if you're choosing, you're going to say no, obviously. But yeah, uh, what, what, what do you think? I don't think he's going to go because I think our valuation of him is going to be higher than other teams. Well, Bear in mind. Especially after what we saw on Monday. I don't think that's going to do him any favours. Well, yeah, fucking hell. But uh, it's going to decrease his valuation, definitely. But I mean, we paid 25 million euros euro from practically in 2018. Yep. And, you know, I've heard talk of 18 million quid which is, you know, about the same price. I think we're going to need a lot more than that to, for us to let him go. Oh, I agree. I think he's been important to us this season. Without him, he's uh, we, we've been worse without him, put it that way. But it's strange that he hasn't been, you know, in the same conversation as uh, Danny Ings and Ryan Bertrand in terms of contract renewal. It does come up at the end of next season. So. More on that in a bit. But first, um, our loanees, Theo Walcott, possibly staying on, it looks likely. Um, and Minamino, nothing on that, saying that, you know, he, he's going back. But then again, the Minamino one, it, it's, it, it was expected, wasn't it? He was going to be going back to Liverpool to fight for a place there. Yeah, I mean, it's just he was going to us to get a bit of more game time. We're not going to be paying that kind of wages for the profile of player that he is. So, yeah, it's no surprises there. Walcott, is he going to be able to take a pay cut and stay on? Possibly. Do you want to? I think he's surprised many with some of his performances so far this season, but again, hardly putting himself in the shop window on Monday. Kevin, Sportsbet sponsorship. We've secured a new three-year deal with the multi-currency sports betting firm. Uh, it's the biggest shirt deal in our history. And there's also options before. for them to be paid certain performance-based bonuses in cryptocurrency at the end of each of the seasons. Where, where do you stand with this? Because I think it's splitting up the fan base a little bit. Yeah, it's not ideal in terms of ethics, is it? Uh, having a no. betting sponsor. Um, and yeah, cryptocurrency is also controversial. So it's a, a certain Venn diagram of controversy. But you know, the, we've heard the biggest ever deal before, which is almost certain to mean that this company is going to go down the shitter in a, a year or two. Um, yeah, that is a weird one. That, that you got they got the yeah the option for bonuses to be paid in cryptocurrency, which kind of suits our policy of scoring crypto goals. It's <laughs> <laughs> a theme for this evening, I think. Yeah, yeah, I'm not I'm not keen on it to be honest. I, I was really really surprised, if I'm honest, that it actually came up. But I guess morals go out the window when there's Wonga involved or. 
crypto wonga as it is i mean yeah i mean it's, it's a tough time you know with uh, the lack of gate receipts uh pandemic uh high player wages uh owner not willing to invest so you've got to take money where you can uh, i kind of understand that I get it. Saints have got a transfer strategy, apparently, for the new season, Kev. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, well, according to Tom Leach, um, who is a very reliable source, um, Saints will sell players to generate funds. However, Danny Ings and Yannick Vestergaard will not be allowed to leave. Uh, The club will try and clear out as much deadwood as possible, so like Lamina, Hoot, Elianusi. Ralph wants to double up in every single position, so expect a lot of incomings. We are looking to sign players for £10 million and under. The club are trying to stretch their budget so we can sign enough players. This is the blueprint, and it sounds absolutely fantastic. But is this something you expect to go to plan, or is it just going to go tits up like it usually does? I don't know. I mean, you said transfer strategy. I mean, we didn't have a fucking clue in January. We clearly needed the fullbacks. Um, we brought in a winger on loan and sent you know, our fullbacks out and sent our yeah our backup fullbacks out on loan. That doesn't smack of a fucking strategy at all, does it? It does not. No. So it smacks of absolute fuck up. So um, I believe it when I see it. But you know, I mean, it sounds decent enough. Uh, it's what we should have really had for this season. But again, you know, we're having season after season of uh, duds and flops to get rid of. Uh, from previous managers, but it's only so long you can use that as an excuse. But just imagine that we had backup positions, you know, up to 10 million for each of those positions. Those are going to be the backups. So our best players are the players we saw on Monday. Yeah, but look at the bench that we have on Monday. you still got the likes of Jankovic, who's not quite ready. Yeah, but I mean, we did it, you know, Gineppo and Minamino, we, we had some strong players that we should have made Adams and we should have made a difference. I mean, we have got a good history of bringing players in for a, next to nothing and then, you know, making a lot of money out of them. So I, I do think the blueprint can work. If they can bring in, like, I don't know, backup midfielders for around three or four million quid, as well as fullbacks. Th- it, to me, this seems like a dream, dream. This is what I wanted to hear. This is exactly what I wanted to hear. But I don't know if it's just them saying, you know, just paying fan service. I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe not. I think maybe the competition for places will yield better performances in the long run from both the backup players, you know, the understudies and the uh, the first choice players. But, yeah, uh, I've got to see it implemented first. Yeah, and we obviously we need those contracts signed, um, Bertrand and, and uh, Ings. I, was, I mean, yes, well, that needs to be sorted, but I mean, we do need to get players in. I love the transfer window in the summer, but not when there's a Euro or a World Cup, because that always says, oh, I'll sort my future out at the end of it. And that leaves next to no time after that, especially if you go on a long run in the Cup, you know, and then there's, there's next to no time to get business done. So this year's going to be, especially with, with you know, COVID. You know what's going to happen, because aren't they starting the season early so they can fit in a World Cup next got, winter as well? World Cup, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that transfer is going to be a fucking bloodbath. Oh, God, yeah. Saints B, Kevin, as usual. Uh, shit, not going well. Uh, lost 3-0 away to Brighton and then 3-1 away oh. to Chelsea. Um, a leg B with our only goal in that stretch. Rooted to the bottom of the table now. Leicester, one point above them with a game in hand. Looking very, very grim indeed. But we have got to go to Leicester on Monday the 19th massive game there so that could take us 
above them again, but need to get it done. Not the only big game with Leicester over the weekend. That is very true. Just about um, my love, Shane Long. Um, yeah, he's picked up a groin injury that left him out of uh, Bournemouth's match against Huddersfield. And I uh, don't know how long he's going to be out for. But yeah, I might not see him playing soon. So I have to keep an eye on that. Haas asks this week. He has put one out. Wow. It's out on uh, Instagram now. So you can you can vote on that. Are you laughing because I said he put one out? <laughs> no. Oh, OK. Yes. <laughs> um, he, he wants to know, is Minamino a flop? Uh, Minamino scored two goals in six, uh, spoken highly of his time at Southampton, yet went unused against West Brom when it, it was obvious that, you know, we could have run him out since he can't play in the cup on Sunday. Uh, we're, we apparently have no plans to sign him and we're now linked with single, similar loan moves for Harry Winks. Uh, is, has anything gone wrong there, do you think? Has he been a flop for us? Um, get involved, just um, whether you think he is or not. It doesn't matter. Just let us know. Um, vote on our story and on Instagram and then discuss it in our um, in our post. OK, Kevin, are you ready for West Brom? Um, I mean, I was on Monday. I'm not sure I am now. Got to do it. This is Klaus Lundig from and you are listening to In That Number. So then, Kev, West Brom, Monday night. What a total embarrassment. Really, really poor performance. Got punished by a team we need to be beating, really. Uh, West Brom highly likely to be a championship side, or, although not playing like it right now, but we certainly are. Goals from Mateus Pereira, Matt Phillips and Callum Robinson. And truth be told, we never really got close, did we, Kev? No, I mean, we weren't really in that game at all at any point. I don't know. I mean, the start of the second half, we looked looked a bit like we were up for we it a bit. didn't look like we were going to get three goals. No, but the unchanged 11 from the Burnley game, Kevin, you've got to be happy with that. Because there was question marks over the fitness of Kyle Walker-Peters. Um, but, you know, I'm glad he came through because it always makes us question things, doesn't it, when we don't have our crucial fullbacks uh, available? This was exactly the side I was hoping for, although, you know, it was, as you mentioned earlier, pointed out that since Minamino is uh, cup-tied and can't play against Leicester at the weekend, and for him not to play a minute of that match, I think is absolutely fucking criminal. Indeed. Yeah, I, I agree. That's that's why Alex asked the question, because he, he, maybe there are something that, is something that's gone wrong there. But what, what's concerning for me, Kevin, is that since the turn of the year, when we've been playing like absolute shit, we've we've had excuses to fall on, right? We, I mean, we've had COVID hasn't helped with anything with the scheduling and stuff. The, the way that we play has caused injuries to an already thin squad. We've lost key players at key times. We've had fullback issues. Ings has been unsettled. Romeo out for the season. OK, we've had a good cup run. But now we've got our key players back. And apart from Romeo, of course, uh, we've had more rest with the international break. And that's what about 80 percent of the squad have been rested. Beat Burnley after a really bad start. We have a full squad now and a Wembley semi to look forward to. What excuse have we got for this? We just never turned up, did we? No. Um, have they got one eye on that semi-final or both eyes or just the whole? Well, I mean, West Brom are in that mode, aren't they? No, I hate it when they bring that up as excuse. Well, yeah, yeah. they're on a roll and they're fighting for their lives. That, that's it. I mean, they, it could have just been a case that West Brom wanted it more. And I hope it is just us looking at ahead to Leicester and like leaving something in the tank. But because if it's not, mate, we're just going to have to tread water for the rest of the season and, you know, stay up, look ahead to our transfer window over the summer and go again. But no, not at all. And like, yeah, again, I, I don't I don't like this. 
kind of mindset idea. I, I can't believe that, you know, you're a, a professional Premier League footballer and you can be distracted from um, what you're paid to do by the prospect of an important match. But I mean, if there were a competition for places within the team, like we talked about, and every player knew that if they didn't put in a good performance, they'd be left out of the squad for a semi-final, then, you know, they'd have the motivation to, to up their game. But, you know, most of those players know that they're fucking nailed on for Sunday. And to put in a performance like that off the back of that, I, I think it's just embarrassing. Unacceptable, yeah. But then again, you have to think about Ralph is what he said to them. As he said to them, look, this is my 11 that's going into the semi-final. Don't go and get any injuries right now. Just go out there, give your best and um, leave something for Sunday. I don't imagine he has, to be fair. I can't imagine that team talk. If you're that worried about key players getting injured, leave them out. We wouldn't have done any worse. That's true. That is true. Um, but it's just the inconsistency. It's like we, we've pretty much a full strength squad out there now. You could argue a couple, perhaps, like Minamino, Gineppo, maybe. Why can't we Why can't we put in a performance to make it even a match? Because, quite frankly, we all we saw out there, well, it wasn't a match, was it? No, because they weren't matched. <laughs> exactly. One team was clearly better than the other. Yeah, and they don't look like they're going to be well, a league apart next season because, well, I mean, they weren't playing like a championship side, that's for sure. Um, if we dive into the game, early doors, yeah, Kevin Friend straight into action with another tight offside call. What did you make of this? Because first, like the offside flag goes up, which I suppose is expected. Uh, Kevin Friend says there's not a decent angle to overturn the original decision. This baffled me because, I mean, the cl club's futures are hanging on the balance like of VAR to make these decisions. This is what it's here for. You, they, they're here to look at the tightest of decisions that aren't clear enough to the naked eye in real time and from what, 30 yards away. So how can VAR get this and say that they don't have enough decent angles. They're just covering their asses by saying that. It's just outrageous. The, yeah, flag goes up straight away, referee waves it off. But you can't and blame the lino for sticking his flag up, right? No, he looked offside, and that's fair play. But you know, like you said, VAR brought in exactly for that. They get the lines out and the fucking tape measure and everything. And uh, for some reason, they draw it at Vestigard's foot trailing leg and it's Carl's Bar Carl Bartley's leg that they draw the other line up against but I mean I don't know what it was I mean do they, do they not see who actually scored the goal I don't or... know because they seemed to take a long time didn't they looking at it if they had have rolled the footage on and saw that Bartley wasn't was it Bartley that was there yeah he yeah. was offside yeah Diagne put Just. the ball in the net didn't he yeah. And Bartley was the one that was in an offside position, but he wasn't interfering with play. He wasn't in the, the line of Forster. So what is Kevin? Do you think Kevin Friend has looked at that and, and decided that, yeah, he's measuring it with Bartley? Is that what you think? I, I think they fucked up and they, and they know it. And because what we were discussing, like, what could it be in there? And like, is there an arm there? Um, but, you know, the whole, the whole, the whole of the player is on side. Yeah. Nothing, and I, no I have said, and I will stand by this, if it's that close, then you need to give the benefit of the doubt to the striker because it's an attacking game. Mm -hmm. 
That is what you need to do. Linesman puts his flag up, fair enough, it did look offside, and to the naked eye, 30 yards or so away, then fine, VAR comes in and looks at it quickly. You don't even need the lines. Just look at it and say, oh, hang on a sec. Daniel's onside. Done. Job done. But yeah, we, like, we, we wouldn't have needed the lines there, so no, no reason. Goal given. I, I just worry whether they're too scared to overturn the referee's decision, because it makes them look like uh, lines. This makes them look like even bigger. Yeah. Yeah. The most dumb and dumber, really. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. Um, But anyway, back to the game. We had our warnings, um, and that should have been enough to realise that, fuck, you know, we need to pull our fingers out here because we were so open through the middle and Bednarik Vestergaard all over the place. Dianya ran through them as well at one point, didn't he? And and thank goodness he finishes like Theo. Oh. Yeah, Sorry, I, uh, Diallo was just invisible yeah. through the whole match. I mean, the, he was getting run through like a, like a fucking ghost on the pitch. That initial shot that we, they had, I mean, we, that was a lucky escape. We really dodged a bullet there. But I mean, they had chance after chance, and we weren't waking up to it. I mean, I think we'd have been fine if we'd not been confined to our own half for, for most of 45 minutes there. And, you know, Pereira, Robinson, Townsend, Furlong, Diane, they all had cracks. And, yeah, it was just a matter of time before they were going to score. I was surprised that we went 2 or 3 nil down after half an hour. I, I agree. I mean, it looked like, that, as you said, it looked like that West Brom were going to score with every single attack. Um, and it was obvious that the goal was coming again, you said. Uh, but then the penalty, Fraser Forster dives in at Pereira. No complaints? No, that was egregious. And if I remember rightly, it was um, quite a while before that. Forster uh, made a poor kick from goal. Uh, yeah, his distribution is not the best. And maybe he felt that he needed to kind of make up for it by being the hero. But he just clean takes him out. He doesn't time it right. He doesn't get the ball. And do you know what, Kev? There was some part of me that thought, OK, Saints needed that. They needed a wake-up call here. If they go a goal down, you know, look, look what happened at Burnley. If they go a goal down, this might spark them, as if the, you know, the first 30 minutes didn't give them that anyway. But they really need to pull their finger out now. But it didn't happen. And they've doubled the lead four minutes later. Matt Phillips. And we're just getting what we deserved again. Yeah. Uh, it's just, um, it was embarrassing to watch because, you know, nothing, nothing had changed. Oh, just horrific defending and it was Danny Ings at full under pressure on the right there he's trying to play it to Bednarik I mean he's got Walker Peters and DLM next to him I mean the the spaces are tight I don't know why why they're not working the space better but I mean if if you're under pressure and you're not sure you can always just hoof it up to Fraser Forster but he managed to play it straight into the feet of Diana and it, just a little runs all it takes to give him free reign down the wing. Yeah. And, I mean, it's just a catalogue of errors. I mean, that they're allowed to, to play through us at every stage. He, he managed to get it, the ball all the way across the six-yard area. And it's just, uh, yeah, Phillips there at the back post to, to smash it in. That's all it takes to beat the Saints' defence. I mean, not just the de- Saints' defence, but half the fucking team. It's yeah. ridiculous. You're making me feel really good about Sunday, Kev. Thanks. <laughs> you saw it too, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, and halftime, 2 0. It, it could have been more. could have been a lot more. And just opening us up like a tin of beans, weren't they, on um, every occasion? 
Uh, the stats, 46% possession, 13 shots to our five, and five on target for them to our two. So we needed a good pet talk, needed to be better. And I, and I said to you at the start of this that I thought we did start the second half better. The first 10 minutes, we were up 80% possession. But of course, that means nothing if you can't do anything with it. And we didn't. Um, but the way I saw it, the way that we were playing from then on, it was just like, yeah, the game was lost already. 45 minutes, that was it. So when Callum Robinson scored, what, 69th minute? I just wanted to turn it off, mate. I just... I, I, to be honest, I, as the game wore on, I, I paid it less and less attention. I, my, my heart wasn't in it. And... <laughs> Maybe with theirs. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Well, the, you know, the, if the players on the pitch can't be fucked, why should I? Imagine if you actually paid for it. Yeah, but I, you imagine if, if we were at the, the stadium watching this, I mean, we'd probably be just talking to each other for most of the time. You know, half the, half the crowd would be on their fucking phones. So, <laughs> you, you can try and spur them on as much as you want, but, if, you know, if they're not responding to that, it's, you can only respond either with anger or indifference. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and we were calling for changes because we were, we were texting back and forth as well. And yeah. It should have happened a little bit earlier. Um, not that it would have done much, but Gineppo and Shay came on and, and Gineppo gave us the desired effect and won a penalty straight away. Yeah, yeah, almost. I mean, Armstrong did dive just before that. Um, not too much effect. <laughs> but yes. he, he was one of those impact players that you want on. And I mean, going to the half time, I think, well, OK, we, we're only 2-0 down. Uh, we're only 2-0 down against Burnley. We brought that back. I mean, OK, that said, it was before half time rather than after. But, you know, it's not impossible to get three goals. But when... The coverage came back on, and I heard the commentators say, so Ralph Hasenhutl, um clearly trusting the players to get them out of the mess they've made. I think, well, well that's us fact then, isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's that Ralph's stubbornness again that he's, you know, if, if, if it was me, I mean, I mean, it's not, but I'd be taking off some of the, the weaker players. I mean, Walker, I can't see what contribution he made for that first half at all. Hook him off. Exactly. And now there's some serious question marks about who starts on Sunday. Yeah. Um, Well, I'd be making some changes to that team. I would. Probably put Gineppo and Adams in there. I think Gineppo's, he's, well, you never know what you're going to get with him. If you're getting a good day out of him, he can cause problems for anybody. Um, And I think it's worth a risk because, as I say, Walcott and, and Redmond haven't done anything to deserve their spot. Neither has Danny, really, to be fair. No. Uh, yeah, he did make that terrible error leading to the goal. Uh, I mean, again, we always say this when we have a, a shit performance like this, but if he's got nothing to feed off, then, um, you know, we can't expect him to score goals. But, I mean, he wasn't even making his own work in that match. He wasn't. And we also normally say when we're picking our man of the match that if you're ever in doubt, give it to Danny Ings. I think this is one of those occasions where mm-hmm. you can fuck that, yeah. Um, and, of course, the penalty, the way our night was going, of course he was going to miss it. Yeah. And you know, watching it back, I, mean, I thought it was quite a weak penalty when I, when I saw it live. But, I mean, looking back on it, it, it gets, the, gets the power on it, but it's just not an ideal spot and it's, yeah, it's quite easy to get to. Oh, yeah, if, if it's not high, it's not low, it's... If you're a goalkeeper, you're going to pick a side, aren't you? And that's exactly where you're going to dive. So he hit it well, but it wasn't a Matt Latiz or a Ricky Lambert technique, was it? No, no. And, you know, we don't really have a, a good penalty taker anymore. No, you're right. But to be honest, Kev, I didn't care. I didn't care that we missed it because I just thought we're not going to come back into this now, so it doesn't matter. 
Um, and it finished 3-0 as it was um, pathetic and deserved, really. Unacceptable, sickening. What else? Shite. Shite. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I want to ask you, like, I mean, we've got a lot of candidates for the worst performance of the season. And I think if we're being fair, we probably wouldn't say that 9-0 was the worst match. It wasn't the worst performance. It was the worst scoreline. But there were some mitigating circumstances there. They weren't here. And we had a full-strength squad. We had a full-strength squad, yeah. 11 men. <laughs> 11 men on the pitch, yeah. And, Kev, last season we had a great record against newly promoted sides. This season, however, four games, one win, scored two. What is going on with the side? Fuck nice. Does he? I, I need mean, to ask fuck. See some what, new manager from the Bundesliga is going to come in and take <laughs> over next season. Herman Fuck. Very good. Um, I hope he knows. But Ralph, after the match, uh, when asked about the I didn't substitutions, even hear it off. he said there was no no reason to change. Like, is he fucking blind? <laughs> yeah, I don't get that. There's every reason to change. Yeah, Jesus. Like you're 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 two three nil down. It's kind of like he's throwing like in, down. throwing in the towel, isn't it? Just like oh, there's no reason. It's just like what's the point? <laughs> I bother the old shite anyway. Yeah, exactly. That's what it sounds like. Um, Kevin, my my focus on this on this part uh, it goes with the title of the episode, really. Uh, Jan Bednarik and Yannick Vestergaard. So they they left space. They looked slow and completely exposed throughout. Uh, Diallo and Prousey weren't good either, but I know that everyone's going to go to the last line of defence. Uh, I, I just think this was... Well, I mean, I don't know. I'm asking you. Completely underestimating West Brom, you know, and their, their threat through the middle. Yeah. We lost this game because all our central players were awful. Prousey, Diallo, Vestergaard, Bednarek, all out of sync. Wanted too much time on the ball and just got pulled apart. Either... Big Sam has come up with a game plan that's exposed that, or we've just been, you know, because our midfield's not normally a problem. You can't honestly look at Diallo and, and Ward-Prowse and say that they do that too often because they don't. They were just out of sorts today. We were definitely missing Oriol Romeo because the way they squeezed us through the middle, middle with um, Pereira, um, Tiani, Lukushu, um, Phillips, Maitland-Niles, yeah, all pushing through there. The, the, you, I can't see Romeo not knocking the shit out of them and um, keeping them out. It's easy to say, though, isn't it, when you've lost a game like that? And you, well, yeah, but, you out. know, uh, Tim, when he was doing the preview for this batch, he referred to a YouTube video from TIFO, which he sent us a link to, and it's like the philosophy of Allardyce Ball. Yeah, seven points, yeah. Did you watch that? Because every yeah. single one of them made me shit myself. <laughs> I didn't, no. I thought we 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 we, we are fucked. Because... We're just so predictable. Like um, it, it wasn't so much like Burnley try to play, you know, just a long ball out and um, yeah, quickly just beat the press and yeah, just, just uh, catch our backline napping. I mean, we were just inviting them in every set piece that we were playing. We play a high line, and even the commentators called us out on that. And we, we weren't winning the second balls. I mean, the first half, they were crossing the possession. Uh, yeah, it's frustrating. And to go out, and we know that they're going to sit back and um, let us try and beat them down and not really give it much of an effort at all. But hey, SAFA Cup's going to be fine. Do we have to consider Stevens or Salisi, or perhaps both? Uh, these are all good questions. They haven't had that many Premier League minutes, have they? But, I mean, Vestergaard's slow. We know that. And he showed that 
Oh boy, did he uh, show on that. multiple occasions. Yeah, um, it's just that you know Bednarek seems to normally cover for him, but they've just lost that. that they've lost that loving feeling. Yeah. Yeah, Bednarek's a worry for me, if I'm being honest. Definitely. Yeah, he's lost it. I thought he maybe just had a bit too much birthday cake. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Man of the match, Kevin. Um, when in doubt. When in doubt, don't give one. Well, I, you know, I'm going to agree with um, Glenn Delacour on this one. Because um, him and his player rating said that he gave man of the match to Gineppo because in the five minutes he was on the pitch, he did more than the rest of the team put together. And I'd probably have to agree with that. Okay. I'm not normally one for a, a protest vote, but uh, yeah, Lucy gets it this time. I, d- I do agree with that, but I w- I'm going to say, no, he doesn't deserve it because he was only playing minimal minutes. But I'm going to give it to Kyle Walker-Peters because I just think during our best spell of the match, that um, opening minute of the second half, um, when we had the ball at his feet, he looked most dangerous. I mean, he did fire some crosses across the box, um, got into those positions. Yeah, I remember him um, taking a shot when he should clearly have crossed it. Yeah. And in that, it was the second goal. Yeah, he, he it was in his space, his zone, that um, it was Pereira run through it. Sorry, Diany. Mm. Yeah, just just running down there. Uh, KWP should should be there to hold him back. Yeah, sure. Uh, defensively, wasn't at his best. But I think, I mean, you mentioned last week that he wasn't at the races against Burnley. Uh, and yet we still came out with the points. You know, it, it, I think he was much better this time. Uh, yet, you know, shut out, very limited on the attack. But, you know, he had he had the same amount of shots as Danny Ings. And he led the team in shot creating actions and dribbles. Best defensively, no, but then again, n- none of them were. Um, n- not a performance to write home about, but I, I just think it wasn't the reason that we lost this game. So I'm going to give it to Kyle Walker-Peters. OK, so respectfully disagree. That's fine. Leicester then, Kevin. Um, I need your predictions. What are you going for? I'm not confident at all after this performance. I mean, our cup performances have come as little diamonds in the piles of shite that have come either side of them. (laughs) But nonetheless, despite, you know, Leicester's problems of late, I think they're going to be too much for us. And I think that we're going to lose. I mean, I'd love to be proven wrong. I'd absolutely love us to, to, to beat them. And of course, yeah, we've got a chance. But I, I just don't see it happening. 2-1 Leicester. 2-1 Leicester. OK. I'm going to go for a Saints win, mate. I feel like we all have to get behind them here. And like you've said, our FA Cup form is is completely different to the league. Leicester are in a bit of a bit of a run at the moment. But this is Wembley. And I hark back to what Dean Hammond had said. He said that, you know, when you play at Wembley, everything feels different. All and bets are off. Exactly. He said it's 50-50. I mean, I don't quite... I mean, we we were written off in 19, uh, 1976. Obviously, I don't remember that. But a lot of people said then that, that no hope in the semi-final, no hope in the final. And it happened. It's a one-off game. They just put everything aside. I'm hoping West Brom has forgotten about already. Really, really good week at training they need. Uh, Ralph needs to be on it. And I just want to get, get behind the lads 100% because, oh, God, how good would an FA Cup final be? Even if we go out there and get beat in the final, let's just give us a day at Wembley. So I'm, I'm going I'm to be day. positive and I'm going to be, come on, lads, you can do this. I believe 2-1 Saints. Yes. Dean Hammond's here. Thank you for tuning in to In That Number. OK, now we'd like to welcome Tim back to the show. He's going to help us break down the most important game for some time now. 
our Wembley semi-final against Leicester. But before that, Tim, how are you? You know, I had a three-day weekend, got to spend the day at Woo-hoo! the beach yesterday. Uh, you know, I'm feeling good, relaxed, chill. It's been really hard to break into work, though, which is actually a problem because I wanted to get stuff done, and it's going to have really busy days over the next three days. But, oh, well, it is what it is, and going to enjoy it nonetheless. So you're all relaxed. You've had a day at the beach. You're feeling uh-huh. good. No worries at all. And then Saints West Brom. Huh. Yeah, I mean I- – it's really it's really terrible that we had to forfeit the game. I you know I, it, <laughs> honestly it's not really professional of them to do that. But you know what? A three zero loss. Maybe they're just focused on things that are a bit more important, and that would be the uh, that would be the game next week. And completely understandable. So uh, I'm going to go into it and say let's do it. Let's go beat Leicester. I, I, and I hope so. I mean, I hope so. But before we get into Leicester. I want your thoughts and feelings of, of what we have just witnessed. So we're unchanged from that comeback over over Burnley. Were you happy with the side? You've got to have been, right? No, I wanted Adams in uh, from the beginning. I still felt that Walcott didn't wasn't going to be able to provide us much of anything. He's got the pace and he's got the ability just to work his ass off and get in there and be able to you know take apart take apart a well-constructed team but when you when you're going against a sam you know a big sam team who's basically locked in uh i'm looking for that flair i was looking for that touch and i was looking for somebody that could um you know spark spark that change and i was hoping for adams for walcott and i expected um you know some type of play for janepo and minamino to be bigger and better involved in the in the game but the game in general how i mean how did you feel i mean what 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 do you feel about this game i mean two nil at half time you feel like okay we we, we can only get better but you know it, it, it continued to get worse yeah there was just it it feels like they weren't playing honestly the only potential outcome that can make any solace of today is that if they beat Leicester, I'm just, if we want to write it off and say that they're focused on, on Saturday's game or Sunday's game, that's okay. Like if that's the pride, if that's been the primary focus, I want him to come out and say, we weren't there. We've been focusing on the next game. We're going to go kick some ass next against Leicester. That's the only, it's the only solace I can feel from it. It's been, it was terrible, just completely throughout the entire game. There was nothing special. There was nothing. There was nothing there. It was just. It was disgusting. Like I felt like the only person who actually made a potential difference was Gineppo, and he came on in like the 85th minute. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, getting all that information from you, this is going to be a really, really difficult question to answer. But I'm your man of the match. <laughs> Nobody. Nobody deserves it. Nobody. Okay. I, I can't give one. Sorry. It's just um, it's just pathetic. All 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 ways around it. Okay. Um. Now, now then, Tim. Wembley semi-final Sunday the 18th of April, 6:30 kickoff. I mean, I guess your usual format is out the window here, because I mean, I, I don't care where they are in the table. I don't care how fast Vardy is, and I don't care how many goals he scored. This is a semi-final. This is Wembley. Yes, we're going to be massive underdogs now, but again, I don't care. You know, this is 50-50, right? We have to feel like we have a chance. We've got to be positive, yes? Are you feeling confident? Uh, define confidence, because to me, you're it's a one-off game, and anybody has any chance to win a one-off game. Uh, West Brom against Chelsea was a good, good uh, 
good opportunity to be able to say that Chelsea look through and through a much better team. Uh, then they come in with confidence and then come and kick our ass. Uh, look at Norwich being uh, Manchester City last year. Like that's just not something you don't you don't expect. Uh, and obviously we're not at the level of a championship side against you know a potential European champion. Uh, that's not the case. Uh, we, you know, I, this is the one time and I've never been a better, uh, I don't bet on things. It's just not an interest to me and I don't like losing money. So to me, the odds are pretty much like it's cause you can't, you got to win. You can't just, you can't just draw on this game. So, you know, it's basically looking like a 60, 65% chance that Lester's going to win it. And I'd say, usually when it comes to the odds they're they're on top of it um to me 50 50 anybody has any chance to win any game but the probability of it it's more like 60 40 well i mean i'm i guess coming off it's difficult to 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 be confident after what we've just witnessed but you know they're coming off of a loss to west ham on sunday night it's anybody's game like i said it's a it's a one-off so uh they should have came into us and said southampton's been on an absolute downspell our second half of the season's been piss poor and you know we've done well in the fa cup we beat two premier league teams we beat uh, arsenal we beat wolves uh we got lucky with the draw against bournemouth and we took it to them like we should have and been expected to and now we're against Leicester here. Uh, let's let's go and do it. Uh, let's do go it. kick some ass. Um, how are they going to set up? So they go back and forth between some type of different, all different kinds of formations. But recently, because of in a nacho, sorry, <laughs> uh, he his resurgence. I mean, he's been he was been the backup for Vardy, and you know he's been looking like crap for a long period of time, and then he just picked on. Uh, he just he just caught on, and all of a sudden. He's been major, major, major success when it comes to scoring. He was the man, uh, man of the month last year of all te- of all players, mm. which is not something you expect. He just recently signed a five year deal for Leicester, so they're putting in an in Kalichi. Uh, they're using Vardy as a decoy to get him up top, and you know they played a three five two with uh, with Evans with. Uh, Fafana and but then they use Castagne and Pereira high up the pitch and we're playing you know we're playing with that it didn't work out against West Ham because they've just been an absolute uh, fantastic form and Lingard is looking like the best player in the last few months of the entire Premier League so I feel like they would be, you know, they'd be playing with Madison, but uh, Madison, Perez, and Morgan had that fallout where they were partying during COVID restrictions. So uh, they're going to be out. I wonder if they'll be out again for the FA Cup. Uh, if that's the case, then we'll look at uh, Schmeichel and Goal, Castagne, Fofana, Evans, and either Pereira or James Justin. Uh, for their defense, Albright and Nididi, uh, Thielmans and Pratt uh, in their midfield, and then in Inacho, uh, Vart and Vardy up top. Uh, so if they're playing, if they're going to play with any of those guys that they mentioned for the COVID restrictions, uh, I don't think Perez was going to start, but you could look for Ma- uh, Madison in for Albright and, and play more of a 4-3-3. Danger, man. I mean, it's, it's quite a lot of them at the moment, isn't it? You say it in oh, Nacho yeah. and you, you got Vardy, obviously, you need to watch out for. But danger man for you. Who, who is it? Who's the main man? Oh, it's Vardy. Uh, it's, yeah. it's Vardy for the decoy. It always will be for the last few years. And, you know, with Vestergaard and Bednarik uh, having a performance against West Brom where 
Brendan Rodgers is probably licking his lips and saying, all right, how are we going to find the exploit these two, uh, which he's probably able let's, to find. Let's go for ten, 10. Let's go for 10. Why not? He's going to be able to find it 10 different ways in this game uh, or from the from looking at the tape from the West Brom game, that is. So mm-hmm. it's going to be him and then uh, Kalichi getting in behind. Uh, the, so it's those two against our center backs are going to be the primary matchup. And then you're just going to see Thielman's uh, play defensive mid and just shut everything down uh, when it comes to if it's Redmond or Armstrong or any or Ings or anybody else. Uh, they won't even get to Fafana or Evans unless there's a big uh, unless there's a cross in. Any key battles for you that you're looking at? Uh, I'm I'm really looking to see how they're going to take apart our center backs. I think that's going to mm-hmm. be the biggest key. Um, well, West think, Brom had a lot of joy with it uh, on on Monday night. Yeah, I mean the Vardy and uh, you yeah, know Benarek. Sure. Well, Vardy and Benarek are are you know that's like molasses versus well that's Vestergaard that is but yeah so uh, Vardy and Inacio are just gonna tear them apart because they're fast and they're moving and they're, and they're scoring are, goals yeah that's that's our that's our key battle so what about us then Tim I mean how do we approach this game the, the setup for us the, the the personnel because you look at West Brom game on Monday night and you see who Ralph had taken off he took off Kyle Walker Peters and he took off Danny Ings presumably that was just uh you give them more rest and get them ready for this game but is there any surprises that you know you can see ralph doing for this uh well we minamino is cup tied so there's just one less option for us there i don't i really don't think he's gonna start anybody different i don't you think I he's think just gonna be... go with the same 11 that's that, that's played for burnley and uh and west brom yeah i think there's gonna be i don't think there's gonna be any change unfortunately okay yeah i i, I, can, I can see that i mean i i don't see why you would change you know from for the west brom game and but then this is kind of thrown it into you know, maybe maybe you could start Adams. I would like to start Adams, honestly. I think he was had the proper form, and he was, you know, he went into the international break and did very well uh, overall. To me, it was uh, not the best for him uh, to to put Adams on the bench, but he felt that Redmond was best up top, and his success in the Bournemouth game uh, really kind of just said that's what the priority was, rather than he went off international success. Even though and the, and, and the Bournemouth goals. game, uh, but, sorry, and the yeah. Burnley game, you, you know, he got a goal and assist as well, as well in that game, didn't he? Uh, yes, he did. So that, it makes it makes sense. I understand. I understand his choice. That yeah. is okay. Well, we're gonna go predictions, right? I think we're gonna play much better than we did against West Brom. I think we're gonna go in and have a feeling that uh, we do have a chance and we can do it. And looking we've got, at, we've got to play like it's the last game of the season for us now. We've got if this is our final, because mm-hmm. basically if we lose this game, that's it. We've got nothing else to play for. Yeah, I mean we 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 need to play and figure out the squad for next year. That's it's, yeah. it's not much to play for. Hopefully we can get the scrap to you know a, a win and a in a tie out of it and get forty and get forty points and yeah. right off the season and just say injuries fucked us and. Uh, we lost momentum because of it, and just that's about it. We're gonna lose three one. Oh, Tim. but I do think we. I think we're gonna play very, very well. Um, I think there we have a better chance than we do. But three one is the realistic, uh, realistic belief that if, uh, that I have. Why am I feeling so confident after what I've just witnessed as well? I don't know. I don't get it. Um, but Kev is also going for a Leicester win, but he's going a two one Leicester win. Um, Gemma is going for a 2-0 Leicester win. Um, Abby, what's Abby going for? 2-0 uh, Leicester. Okay, and Marina is going 
2-1 to Leicester. So everybody is going for a Leicester win, apart from me. Um, okay, so yes, that is it, Tim, for this week. Thank you very much for joining me today, after, especially after watching that. Uh, it's better than working, so I'll take it. I don't know. It's, it's close. Okay, yeah. Uh, but enjoy the semi, Tim, and I'm sure we'll be, in, uh, we'll be in contact before then anyway. Of course. Thank you so much, and it's a pleasure always be on here. Cheers, Tim. Hi, I'm Matt Letizia, and thank you for listening to In That Number. Okay, welcome to Extra Time. Uh, we'll start as usual with the predictions <laughs> it's not going to surprise you Kev that everyone went for a Saints win here uh, all six of us so nobody scores a fucking point so of course all points remain the same so that's you on 43 me on 40 Tim on 29 uh, Gemma's on 26 Marina and Abby are on 23 so still very very close uh, Super 6 Round 47, once again, was won by Dan Buck, Kev. That's a hat-trick. Holy Mary. 12 points. Uh, round 48. <laughs> Guess who won round 48? Fuck a duck. No, it was Russ Sayers with no. 16 <laughs> points. <laughs> uh, yeah, round 49 was won by Tom Hennigan with nine points. So the overall lead is with Tom Hennigan on 401. Right, the 400. Uh, fantasy football. Kev, I did okay in the end. Um, Dallas was subbed on for me. Uh, Son was subbed in for me. Prousey obviously got booked and missed a penalty, so minus one for him. But I mustered up 57 in the end, but it wasn't as good as your 73. It wasn't, yeah. And I just thought, I was looking at it today, and I thought, if if only you had Captain Lingard or Lacazette, you would have been flying, mate. Dallas, yeah. Or Dallas, yeah. I had Captain Dallas in the first. Um, and it's done well for me. But, um, yeah, I mean, look, that bench looks stronger than it usually does. Normally got dead weight in there. The only player who scored me zero points was uh, a Man City player. <laughs> um, <laughs> Ruben Diaz, who thankfully wasn't playing so that uh, Dallas got subbed. So, yeah, it worked out well for me. But, yeah, I'm still shockingly far down the league. Well, creep, creeping up. Um, before I uh, talk about what the situation is now, I want to award our Manager of the Month for March, because I forgot to do it last time. Um, Ewan Campbell's Lord of the Yings with 199 points from March. Oh, see, we could have done that last week because that was the title of our episode. It was, yeah. It's too much of a coincidence for me not to mention even this late. Um, <laughs> yeah, you got more than Lucy Hynett in March, so yeah, fair play to you. Um, uh, but yeah, the best podcaster in March uh, is me. Fuck off, you're joking. A little moment of glory. Um, You fixed it, haven't you? (laughs) Uh, Recount. Stop the count, yeah. (laughs) Um, Our Saints FC Podcasters League is still dominated by um, Mitrovic from Matt Markstone of the... Now defunct. Yeah, he shouldn't shouldn't be in there anymore. That's it, get rid of him. Fuck him, kick him out. (laughs) Lock him up. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah he's still way far ahead of uh, other voice Cesc Pistols and Freddy's Real Real Madrid. Yeah, Freddy's not doing any podcasts, so we just put ourselves at the top. That's <laughs> how it usually works, isn't it? Um, but yeah, in our open league, uh, Lucy Hynett still roaring away. She's in the top 2,000 uh, managers. Wow. She's, yeah, 1,926. 
Um, oh, wow, she, wow. I have the best of weeks. She's been absolutely brutalizing it this season. So I'm going to be... She had Dallas on the bench. Oh, yeah, I saw her moaning about that on Twitter. Yeah, that's unfortunate. I think everybody had Dallas on the bench because Leeds were going to, um, to the Etihad. <laughs> they're, yeah, they're, they're the surprise package. They, they, anything can happen with them. Them and, them and Villa, anything can happen. Yes, so, yeah, have I mentioned him? That's Bobby Brown's still second, Dan Buck now third. Well done, people. Well done. And well done to managers of the month. Well done, Kev. Cheers. Uh, Russian phrase this week, Kevin. Um, so the title of this episode in Russian, uh, as of the film, would be Tupoi Yisho Tupia. Tupoi Yisho Tupia. Yeah, literally it means like, uh, yeah, daft and even dafta. Sounds about right. <laughs> um, yeah, right, Kevin, uh, next week we will be breaking down our most important fixture of the season, our FA Cup semi-final from Wembley. Please try to enjoy the game. Let's try and get some positivity into the team. Let's pray for a very good week and let's give it to Leicester. Let's just give them everything we've got and, you know, we can do this. Um, Kevin, you talk now. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. Up at Southampton. that this company's going to go down the shitter in a a year or two. That doesn't smack of a fucking strategy at all, does it? Fucking bloodbath. He's absolutely fucking criminal. Like a fucking ghost on the pitch. Shine? Fuck nice. Piles of shite. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.